also you know it'd be great is if there was like a subscription service you could pay for that would tell people no for you <laughs> that'd be nice wouldn't it i mean you wouldn't ever be able to like you know cancel that subscription service right. but like they would handle all of this awkward stuff. You'd be paying for it for life. But I mean, you kind of just got a freebie. Probably worth it. Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba Comedy Editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba Managing Editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And Burning Dan Dustin Rolls. Is, is this is this an attack on me? Is this a sad reference to Burning Man? I think it's a sad reference to Burning Man. It feels like a threat. It does feel like a threat. It feels <laughs> like you're... I mean, uh, I don't want to... I mean, I, I enjoy being here very much, but if 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 you want the podcast that badly, you can you can take it. I will step aside. It was just the thing that popped in my head at that moment. But why were you thinking about burning Dan? Yeah. I was. I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Mm. It's it, there's a lot of pressure when you like log in and you have to come up with a name like on the spot. <laughs> really? Because normally you knock it out of the. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every week. Also, I have to ask. How do I sound this week? Good. Do I sound better than usual? I mean, I can hear you pouring your drink crystal clear. Mm -hmm. Great. I have a small story. Okay. That might help explain that. It's a very Dustin story. <laughs> you broke your microphone and had to get a better one. No, no, no. So uh, last week I went on a, like a, a mini vacation uh, with my family and I came home. And then on Friday I worked some. And, okay, so you probably know, as I mentioned before, that I sit in the same green chair that I love. I just The one in that it. dark room? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. And I sit there. But the thing is, uh, is that I, I sit kind of funny. I always sit on my leg. Like, I bend my leg and I sit on it. Okay. Okay. And I do that all day long. And I sit like that. And on Friday, I did that while I was working. And, you know, I do this, you know eight hours a day just sitting in that chair with my leg bent and I got up and I could not walk and just I couldn't walk it it was just so much pain in my knee it was excruciating and it got a little better on Saturday and then I woke up on Sunday and it felt fine and then I had to do some work I sat back down on that chair for like an hour and I could barely walk again and I realized that I that I'm like, I looked it up. I don't know. It's called jumper's knee. You like basically torque your knee when you sit on it for too long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you like I I I'd stretched the tendons and there was it, it, it was my knee was swollen and there was like little bumps and fluid oh, and geez. so. Long story short, I can no longer use that chair because whenever I sit on that chair, it, my I I just have a natural. Predisposition to like fold my leg under my other leg. Have you have you tried just not? I can't. <laughs> it just goes there, just but, automatically. I don't understand well, how you can do it for. 
hours. Like, I yeah. can understand if you do it and then, like, you shift it or, like, you switch or something. But, like... I, it, it's so... There's, like, an actual imprint on that chair. <laughs> and it's never happened before. No, I think because how I was gone for a couple of days on vacation and I moved around. I don't know what it was, but then I went back and... I just don't understand how you go right to Jumper's knee and you don't go through the whole phase of, like, my leg's asleep. Because mm-hmm. that but, would be the no, first it was, thing. It was my knee specifically. I went through a few other things. I was like, "Is this bursitis? Is this like uh, some other thing?" And then I, on Sunday, I figured it out after I sat back down on that chair and I was sitting on my leg and I couldn't walk anymore. That, uh, and I looked it up, and apparently this happens a lot. It it happens to uh, both athletes and it happens more often to sedentary people, particularly women, <laughs> who sit like I do. <laughs> So, I don't think there's a lot of men that sit cross-legged or on their legs. But I, I mean, do. I'll I'll do it sometimes, but it's definitely not like I'm not doing it for hours on end. I definitely like I can't sit still in my chair for very long, mm-hmm. so I go from like I will use the armrest to like pick myself up, fold my legs under me, like sit cross-legged both legs oh yeah I've done do that. that for a while and then like my knees are sore because you notice <laughs> yeah um and then well. i'll push myself up and like put my legs down and then maybe i'll stretch them out on another chair while i'm working like i i think but, it's just yeah. the way i sit like that because it's it's also the best way to like prop my laptop on my lap right because you don't work at a desk right well now i work at a table and that's why my microphone is actually in front of me instead of off to the side on a side table in my chair. <laughs> so, but, okay. And while I appreciate that it's, we're about 130 episodes in and you, and you finally gotten yourself a table, I just want to caution you about going too far into how great you sound uh-huh. because I feel like now we're just tempting fate and you're yes. going to slap your microphone over. Yeah. And, yeah. It, it, Almost is it, are you more likely to slap it over with it in front of you versus when it was on the side table because I do feel like you'd you'd hit the the microphone about four times an episode. (laughs) (laughs) And it was beside you. Yeah, Yeah, I think that was because it was beside me. I would pull it closer. Now it's just sitting in front of me right next to my drink. I miss when you would lay down and it would just be on you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those are some good times. Is this going to prevent you from accidentally leaving your your audio on when you go to the bathroom. No. <laughs> that's In fact, still on, that's the table, still on the, yeah. yeah. The table is much closer to the bathroom. Oh, so you might not even have to have the air, the earbuds in. You exactly. Could, the mic mm-hmm. might pick you up. Yeah. The long and short of it is now I work at a table instead of on that chair, <laughs> which is really exhausting sitting at a table all day. Well, have you gotten a good chair for the table? I do have a good chair. But it's still just exhausting sitting up like that all day long. I think maybe just because I don't. I've been sitting in that very comfortable chair for so many years. Uh, okay, now now as an alternative, have you ever thought about getting something to help prop up the laptop so you can sit in your comfortable chair? I yeah, but I don't think that would crossing your leg. Yeah. I don't think that would help. It's just my leg goes there. It just and I and even sitting at the table, stuff. I have to remind myself not to put my leg underneath myself. Get a standing desk. Mm-hmm. You can get right. one that will sit on top of the table, and you can raise it, and then you stand. 
I've done that, but that is also exhausting. Standing all day. I think I, I think what you need is you need the there's some I feel like I've seen pictures of it. Maybe it's all fake, but uh, the rig that like puts the laptop above you so you're lying in bed <laughs> and then like reaching up like you're like you're in yeah. like a spaceship and you're just like typing and like yeah. have, right in front of you. But they also have the ones that are like um, so they they now make these tables that are the entire width of your bed and they just kind of slide up so it'll be like at the foot of your bed if you want but then when you want to like work or something you just it's on wheels or something you just pull it up your bed and then you just sit up against your pillows and there's just a table across you yeah yeah i I feel like if i started sitting on the bed though i'd probably end up with bed sores after a while (laughs) once i get going i like start in the morning once i like lock in i'm there for like I don't know, from like 8 to uh, 3 at least, and then I go back a few times. But from 8 to 3, I'm just like in the zone. I don't notice anything around me. And I feel like anywhere I'm going to go, it needs to be comfortable for that length of time. I I don't think anywhere is good to be for that length of time. No, that's not true. (laughs) They make really expensive beanbag chairs now. (laughs) No, we have a really, really, like a really good beanbag chair because my son insisted. Yeah, aren't they like the sack or something? I don't know. We got the sack and it even has like a a platform chair, a chair platform that you can put it on, but that thing moves around a lot with me. It's not very comfortable. Yeah, that would also be a bad idea for the podcast. Oh, yeah, it'd be terrible. No, we just have to get him one of the mics on the boom. So it just oh. hangs over him. And then the only problem is when he stands up to go to the bathroom, he hits his head on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's my story. And I'm drinking a Greyhound tonight. <laughs> so you will hear me mixing uh, my vodka and grapefruit juice from time to time. Oh, oh is that that's a what a Greyhound? Yes. If you put salt on it, it's a salty dog. But I don't, I'm not very good at putting salt on the rim of glasses. Yeah, that's a bar thing. That's not something yeah. I do at home. Uh, no. Isn't that like you need a whole setup and then like you wet the rim and then you yeah. like you put it in upside down on the screen? Yeah, it yeah. really adds adds something to it, I have to say, but it's not worth it. I do enjoy it, though. That sounds lovely. I bet you could get a setup that helps you with that, Dustin. I know, but I'm just, I'm just you know, during the podcast, I just fill and refill so I can't like go back for more salt over and over and over I bet you could get that rig and put it next to you <laughs> yeah it, it, uh, you know what they like it next to my bean chair it specifically sits on tables mm-hmm. so uh-huh, that you can uh-huh, uh-huh. like you know flat surfaces like bars yeah anyway Tori what are you drinking uh, I opened a bottle of Lambic oh. with my my frambois which Lambic is oh, it? it's the Lindemans. No, no, no which the, flavor? Oh, it's the raspberry. Raspberry, yeah, the raspberry's the best. Yeah, so... Um, do they, I think they do a cherry, too? They do a lot of them, yeah. They yeah, do the a few different flavors. Like easily the best. Yeah, and it's the most readily available, and it tastes like candy, and I'm very happy mm-hmm. with it. It's the uh, the uh, easy drunk, where you like don't even know it. Yeah, you don't. But also, it's kind of like you've just been eating a bunch of Jolly Ranchers mm-hmm. and suddenly you're drunk. So it's <laughs> like a real You will go through the whole bottle, right? Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah. well, we'll see. But yeah. 
Um, it's hard not to. There's so much sugar. It just feels like, yeah. Like, like back in um, college, uh, I used to go to house parties where they would serve uh, pure grain alcohol and Kool-Aid. And you could not taste the alcohol. Something about this particular Kool-Aid. And th that, it reminds me of that. Because you just like have like three drinks and you just pass out. Well, you know, hopefully that <laughs> doesn't happen. <laughs> no, I think the alcohol content in the Lambic is less than the pure grain alcohol. Probably. I mean, I guess I could add it, but well. you know, yeah. why, why tempt? Mm -hmm. um, well, how about you, Dan? What oh, was in the cabinet? I'm actually drinking uh, something similar. Uh, I mean, just in terms of the uh, not being able to taste the alcohol part. Uh, so this one I actually bought. This was not in the magic cabinet uh, because I saw it at the store and I was curious. Uh, I haven't had soju in a while, uh, which is like the Korean liquor. And they had one that was yogurt, like, you know, like Asian yogurt flavor. Like, you know, the what? tiny little plastic bottles of yogurt. Yeah. Yeah. So this is yogurt flavored soju. And you mostly just taste, like you can taste the alcohol a little bit, but it's mostly just kind of like that artificial yogurt flavor. And uh, it goes down pretty easy. Artificial <laughs> yogurt? Yeah, you know, like the Asian yogurt, like Yakult or... Um, yeah. I don't know. There's a, it, like, you find them... If you see them at the market, they're in, like, tiny plastic bottles that are probably, like, a shot. Like, they're not bigger than that. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. But do you want to, like... I, I want to, like put it in a smoothie now oh this would this would probably just disappear it's not right. i mean the, the flavor is not actually that strong um yeah it's just like it kind of tastes like oh yeah that that reminds me of like korean or japanese yogurt drink yeah um but then and then at the end you're like oh and there's alcohol and i'm drunk <laughs> um, yeah. but but like what's a yogurt drunk like I like that's know. you know how like when you there's like the aftertaste you know you get down and you're like drunk and there's that flavor in the back of your throat right um, it's gonna be yogurt it is and the other problem is that because of like the bitterness of the alcohol it tastes a little bit like this other drink that i used to love as a kid which is non-alcoholic uh which is called oronamen C, which is like a japanese it's like theoretically a health drink uh it's just sugar in yeah like, it's like a it's just a tiny soda for, for from Japan, um, but it had like a weird bitter aftertaste that this kind of approximates, not on purpose, but just like so. Also, it's kind of like reminding me of that and making me think like, oh, I remember that, and then I just want to drink more of it. So <laughs> we'll see. I only have one bottle, uh, and it's not like a giant bottle, so I should be okay. But we'll we'll see. Well, I feel like that was a mistake. Only one bottle. Well, I didn't want to buy yeah. a bunch in case it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, but it's pretty good. So oh. this may happen. That reminds me of two things. One, <laughs> earlier this month uh, on April Fools, uh, my children replaced, or they stuffed inside the toothpaste uh, yogurt. And I did not know that for four days. I just kept brushing my teeth with it and thinking, wow. Did I eat something weird before I brushed my teeth? Because this tastes really funky. Oh, God. Yeah. So that also means the yogurt was just sitting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was brushing my and... teeth with bad yogurt. <laughs> Ew. That's awesome. Yeah. Did they add a mint flavor or was it just literally like plain it was just, yogurt? Just like plain yogurt. 
stuffed it right in there. <laughs> it tasted <laughs> terrible. But then they did it, and then they forgot about it. And then, like, four days later, I was like, my toothpaste tastes funny. And they just assumed that I'd figured it out on April 1st and stopped using it. But I didn't. Just kept using it. That's great. <laughs> and the other thing is, this week, I returned to restaurants for the first time since the pandemic, and I had Japanese beer three times. I don't really know the difference, but it was delicious. Do you what, remember the yeah, what brands? Uh, Sapporo? Yeah. That was one of them. I don't I don't remember the other. But it was really good. Was it like just like general Japanese beer? <laughs> I mean, because it's probably like Sapporo, there... Asahi, or Kirin. Those are like the three mm-hmm. standard ones. Oh, I, I don't I don't really know. There were like sushi restaurants and they don't have any other <laughs> I was like can I have an allegation there no sorry we have Sapporo I was like wait I'll have that yeah why why is there going to be allegash at a sushi bar I don't know exactly it doesn't <laughs> pair with the sushi Dustin <laughs> I guess not but I'm now I love it I'm going to one of my favorite sushi restaurants this weekend. It's the first time I've had sushi in like two years. Oh. <laughs> well, because I can't, like, there's, I mean. Yeah, take out, take out no. sushi for that. Well, no, but like, you're not going to get also, sushi in Vermont. Vermont. No, no. Yeah. You don't, you don't get sushi in Vermont. <laughs> no. no. Really? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there are, probably in Burlington there's a market that, you know, I mean, I think there is a sushi, like, but like. Freeze! I don't know. You do, yeah, you want to get sushi in Vegas. Sushi on like the... you can get sushi no, not... anywhere. No, I know, but like bigger places that have people who know better. Mm. But like, mm. there's like one Japanese steakhouse that does do sushi mm-hmm. in Burlington, um, and they're fine. But like, that's not a place I go to that often. Right. Um, and plus, it's like I've been to places that have really good sushi. Right. I would rather just have good sushi. Right. <laughs> so I'm already like. Yeah, we even went like when we went to Mystic, Connecticut. My wife was like, "No, don't eat the sushi here because even though it's on the ocean, she's like, it's no, no, it's not known for sushi, so don't eat sushi unless it's known for sushi." We're very um, particular. Yeah. Wow, I didn't I didn't realize that of the three of us, I would be the least snobby about sushi. But you live in Los Angeles and you grew up in Hawaii. Yeah. You had like yeah. the best sushi ever. That's but like, also that's like, like eight... everywhere. Everywhere has sushi. Like everywhere I've lived has sushi. Put it that way. Oh, New York yeah. probably has pretty good sushi too. Yeah, New York's pretty good. Yeah, sushi. New York. Yeah, you can go to a bodega and like they'll have. I mean, it's not big, but like yeah, you can go yeah. to like a little market and they'll have like pre-made sushi. Yeah. Like you know, if it, there, but there's also a difference between like I'm in the mood for you know, a simple tuna roll and I want like really i want eel yeah (laughs) yeah or Um, yeah sea urchin or like like i want real i mean that has to be shipped from the ocean yeah it has to be shipped in california and hawaii also yeah you do know like they're not underwater (laughs) (laughs) it's not like sea lab the lobsters right out and (laughs) eat them um that does remind me also that uh when i was in new york uh, there were sushi places near me that they always had like like grand opening fifty percent off signs, and they were up the whole time I lived. There. Like I didn't live there that long, but it's like a couple yeah. years. And I'm like, oh, like this mattress is just their stores. Thing. Yeah. yeah, but but like it was, and it wasn't like all of a sudden a great deal at fifty percent off. That just made it like normal. Yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, they, they it's for the tourists, so it feels like it'll be a, a great deal. But yeah. like, yeah, that is just their price. Yeah, <laughs> but it was good. Needless good to say, they did not do sushi in Arkansas. At least nowhere that I ever knew. Now that I, for the best. that I understand. Yeah. Um. Um. Shoot, I had a. I was gonna use sushi to transition to Riverdale, but we're not doing Riverdale yet. So. Uh, oh, this is my time. This is your time. This is Dustin time. Much like living in Arkansas, it's Dustin time. <laughs> uh, Dustin's going to, in a new segment, Dustin's TV, Dustin TV guy. I haven't thought of a name yet. Dustin. No, Dustin, Dustin explains television. Dustin explains but... television. Okay, sort of. I just wanted to remind everyone of everything new and uh, that's coming and going this week. Okay. Because it's a very big week in television. So... Uh, tonight, which is Monday, but you won't hear this until Wednesday, so time travel back through the uh, outer range hole. Uh, <laughs> to Monday, We Own the City is uh, premiering, and Better Things, which is phenomenal, and nobody talks about it, nobody watches it, but it's amazing. It's ending. The series run is ending tonight. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's so good. Um uh, and then on Thursday, we have the premieres of uh, Under the Banner of Heaven, Made for Love Season 2 is coming back. Tokyo Vice is having its uh, season finale, and Tokyo Vice is phenomenal. Um, on Paramount TV, The Offer, the um, the Godfather behind the scenes uh, series with uh, Miles Teller. I think Army Hammer was in that and had to get recast. That's premiering. Um... Uh, Friday is the uh, season finale of Pachinko, also phenomenal. The series premiere of Shining Girls on Apple TV with Elizabeth Moss. Slow Horses, which is the Gary Oldman's British spy show, which is also really fun, is uh, having its season finale. And Ozark uh, is airing its last six episodes on Friday. Oh, wow. So it's a big week. Yeah. I, I think out of all of those, I watch Pachinko. That's it. Huh? Well, I will watch We Own the City. Yeah, I will watch that. There was another one I was like, I've already forgotten. There was another one I was like. Made for Love? Yes, Made for Love. Made for Love. There you go. Yeah, I think We Own the City is like must watch uh, and... Uh, Shining Girls, I think, is going to be... I read the book. It's pretty okay. But Elizabeth Moss, I think, is going to make it better. What's the premise? Uh, I think it's a... I'm trying not to confuse it with the alienist, which it reminded me of, but I think there's a serial killer and a time travel element. Through a hole? I don't (laughs) believe it's a hole. I believe it's a house. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Wait, is this the right one? The sh- Lauren Lauren Bukes? 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 Yeah. In Depression, this is the book. In Depression Air Chicago, a drifter finds a key to a house that opens to other times, but it comes at a cost. He has to kill the Shining Girls. Yes. That's um, it, yeah. Huh. Yeah, so he, has was, to, he has to hunt them good. to power the house? Um, something like that. I don't know. I, di- I didn't love the book, but it feels like it could be a better show. Did you... Ever read The Alienist? No. 
Oh, I hated it. So whatever. <laughs> Other people like the love show? it. Did uh, not really. No, I actually quit that. Did I mention Under the Manor of Heaven also debuts on Thursday? And this I'm really excited about. And I, watched, I read the book last month. It's like um, Mormon. It's yeah. based on a crack hour book. Yeah. Mormon Did you get community. screeners? Have you or are you waiting? I haven't watched it yet. No. Yeah. Um... But it's got our, our, our guy Andrew Garfield in it. Yes. And it, the trailers make it look like a true detective. Though that is not the feel you get from the book at all. <laughs> It'll make it dramatic. I'm looking forward to it. I, Wait, you like know, the I, good I, season of True Detective or the other seasons of True Detective? No, there are two good seasons of True Detective and just season one. Season one bad. and two. One and three. Two is terrible. What? Two is the one with Colin Farrell. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and... And uh, Taylor Kitsch, it's yeah. awful. And, and Vince Vaughn. Yes, it's all the I'll worst. say is that I watched all of season two and I did not finish season three. So, scoreboard. What? <laughs> no, three was actually really good. It had a uh, Scoot McNary. Yes, uh, but also uh, I mean, the can't guy. Be that good. You the, no, no, the guy from Blade, <laughs> and the guy that's gonna be Blade. <laughs> the guy from the old Blade, Stephen Dorff, and the guy that's gonna be Blade, um, uh, Marshall Ali. Yes, thank you. But <laughs> it was so good, and yet you couldn't remember the cast. Also, yeah, I is had Stephen, a lot is, of vodka. Poor Stephen Dorff. He's he was so I mean, good he was in that. Good, he was very good in Blade, but like, no, he was really good in True Detective, and then he got like a Fox show where he played a similar type character, and it was terrible. Well, he always but, had those vape commercials. Does he, he do those? Well, he did. He was a very convincing. Yeah, I could see vape that. Vape spokesman. <laughs> I can definitely see that. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll never know what the best other season of True Detective is. <laughs> no, we know. Everyone, this is, this is not a debate. Two is terrible. One is amazing, except for the ending. And three is really good. Well, what I, I'm what I'm hearing is that no, no, hated the season with a female protagonist. Oh, you gotta and, be kidding and me! And directed by an Asian director. Oh, so I mean, I'm not. Wait, I'm not who directed also, season Riggins. two? Justin Riggins. Lin directed the premiere. Just the premiere. He might have directed. I mean, it says something that you didn't even know. Yeah. It was a really bad season. <laughs> Sorry, but, they don't all have, you know, the yellow man on a on a riding mower with weird <laughs> the lawnmower man gothic. Yeah, yeah, uh, the yellow king. Imagery. That's what it was. I don't know. look. Yes. It's it's fine. Um, uh, we'll never know which was the no. Uh, we the will. Second we best will. Season of no. God damn it! Wait, you know what else we'll never know about? What's that? Uh, Riverdale. What's oh. happening? Because I will never understand. That's true. Yeah, this one was a, a humdinger, and uh, I said in my recap last week that uh, that one of the episodes uh, before the season ends, I'm going to just make up a whole episode and see if anyone notices. You do that every week. No, <laughs> and I'm just ex just this is a Pajiba, Pajiba exclusive. This one is real this week. 
So that means whatever you're going to write is fake? No, no. I'm, no, I'm telling you that what I'm writing is real, though you won't believe it. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, this is about, uh, this is the time travel episode. Tabitha, whose father is Pops, the owner of, uh, her grandfather is, the, is Pops, the owner of the Pops, Pops Diner. Yeah. Right. So, um, basically what happened is, you remember our, our, our guy Percival Perkins? Yes. The, the villain, he decides he wants to build a railroad through Riverdale. And in order to do so, he has to tear down Pops to uh, build the station. And Tabitha's like, peep that. Not going to happen. Uh, and then Jughead comes up with the idea to like create, uh, make Pops a, land, a historical whatever. Yeah, landmark. landmark. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that they can't do it. And uh, Percival sends one of his goons to Pops to shoot Tabitha and kill her. And he shoots her, and but before the bullet reaches her, she travels back in time. Is it through a hole? There's no hole, yeah. No, but she calls herself a, a cryokinetic. Is that right? I would, that's, we, we don't know. Yeah, we. that feels like it would be about... Freezing cryo, uh -huh. well, yeah, that does sound like that. Chronokinetic, is Chrono that right? Chronokinetic, that makes much Chrono more sense. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. So, uh, she travels back to 1944 where she finds out that like Pops was in the Green Book, and there she has a guardian an angel, Raphael, um, like an actual angel. Yes, she discovers that she has a goddamn guardian angel who looks like uh. Uh, Jughead in this particular uh, era. And um, Percival is also in 1944, and uh, the whole thing is they're trying to turn uh, Riverdale into a sundown town where uh, black people have to, like, if they're caught out after curfew, then they'll be arrested and much worse things. Mm -hmm. because And for some reason, all the Riverdale, Riverdale characters in 1944 have southern accents because that's how you, I guess illustrate racism <laughs> i don't isn't riverdale like in new hampshire <laughs> you know i don't know where riverdale is but I, mean, I don't think it's in the south the blossoms make maple syrup <laughs> right <laughs> it's definitely a new england town it's that good southern maple syrup <laughs> anyway in order to uh, uh in order to defeat uh, the Percival Perkins ancestor of this era, the guardian angel Raphael, reveals his true form. And uh, in doing so, he makes the people who see him, their eyes bleed and their brains split wide open. That's literally, that's supernatural. <laughs> supernatural did it. Oh, is that, is that a, okay. Yeah, okay. When, well, when they talk, yeah. I see, okay, well, that happened. And they're almost dead, but the Perkins guy uh, comes back and tries to shoot Tabitha again. This time she time travels to 1968, uh, the, day, uh, the day before Martin Luther King was shot. Which did not happen in Riverdale. Well, uh, yeah, she's like, I have to stop it, I have to stop it. But then her guardian angel, Raphael, who is now played by Tony... Tells her, no, that's one of those fixed points in time, and you can't do anything about that. Um, 
but so it happens and then everybody uses uh, Riverdale as like uh, a place to grieve. So Perkins shows up and says, uh, we got to put it into this because they're going to be riots and then tries to pull some racist shit. And then uh, Tabitha fights back and then Percival plants a bomb. And then before the bomb blows up, Tabitha travels to 1999 where white supremacists are vandalizing pops under the, under Percival's mind control. Uh, um, Wait, so this is still a Percival ancestor, but that ancestor yes. also has mind control? Yes. Apparently. So Percival yes. has always had special powers, but everyone else yes. didn't. Yes. So but the 1999 <laughs> one is particularly interesting because Betty is now the uh, guardian angel, uh, Raphael. Uh, and in this uh, year, Percival, the Percival ancestor owns a curiosity shop. And in this shop exists the Spear of Longinus. Yes. Which is, you, is that right? Um, it's the spear that like pierced Christ, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And also the Holy Grail. Uh, and uh, Tabitha, <laughs> Tabitha uh, thinks that the Holy Grail is like her um, fixed point or like a talisman that she can travel through. And, and, and are, are these, <laughs> is this 99 in a different timeline? Because didn't the Pops' place blow up in the 60s and, like... Well, I guess it... Would I, have. She stopped it? I don't know. And, and also, like, this is... I know 99 is now a long time ago, and even though it doesn't feel like it, but that that would also be recent enough that people would still tell this story in modern-day Riverdale. <laughs> I and, don't, and, I mean, but if the that Riverdale viewers are like 25, so. But if I mean, that curiosity shop wasn't there in the previous iterations, why would we assume that the Holy Grail was in town <laughs> the whole time for her to travel through? Which, by the way, the inside of a grail, you know, it's like a circle. It's kind of yeah, like a hole. Sure, sure. <laughs> but, well, the Holy, yeah, I don't know. I Either way, she gets in a sword fight with Perkins, and uh, before she can kill him, he Wait. actually disappears. Wait, can you go, where'd they get the swords? Is it like Excalibur uh, or something? Or? Well, he had the sword from the Curiosity Shop. I don't know and what she, kind of sword. And she also had one? Yeah, because they were in the Curiosity Shop fighting okay. each other. All right. But Perkins disappeared and traveled through time or something, I don't know, uh, before Tabitha could kill him. So then they come back the present and she comes back in time to see the goon that shot her at the beginning of the episode and like she throws something and knocks him out and then she realizes that she's being trained for a war against Percival and like he, like Pops is actually her talisman and Pops she sees a vision of the future where Pops a diner like a 50s diner is where the final battle will take place. And uh, and she sees into the future, and she sees the apocalypse, and ground zero for that apocalypse is in Riverdale. So from this point on, they have to stop the apocalypse from happening. Okay, so now, now so it's the stand. Yes. Can we, can we, can we just go... 
can we go back? Um, so Percival's mm-hmm. had it out for Pops's place in every Since, era. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the the pertinent current issue is that he wants to drive a train through it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are people still building train tracks? Well, that's a good. I guess so. I mean, that's a good question. You wouldn't think of like. <laughs> I mean, I would say like, oh, I want to put. I, I want to put our like electric car hookups. No, the no, charging no. stations. Like it would right. be literally. It should be a parking lot. Or like the the tunnel that we're gonna build to drive our electric cars needs to go under there. Yeah, something. Nope, nope. It's an actual. Yeah, nope. train. Okay. Is it at least like a like a high a speed train? train or yeah. A train? There's no indication that it's a special train. Maglev, it's just like a, another shitty Amtrak. I don't know. It sounds like it. Riverdale is timeless. And all of this happens in one episode. Yep. Look, Dustin, I appreciate your imagination as much as <laughs> the next person, but um, I think you need to keep storyboarding this like i think you should you know just like workshop it a little more because right like, now it's not believable it feels like tr- you're kind of kitchen sinking it and you're yeah. like you're, sent, sure. you're just throwing every idea in that you can which is very passionate and yeah but. and just like coco chanel it just pull pull a couple of those extra things that don't that are too much off and it'll make the other parts really shine i the thing is like when i try to come up with my own riverdale when i make up a recap in a few weeks or whenever that happens. I don't know how I'm going to top this or any of these. Well, you could start with a hole. Oh, wait, I forgot that. Oh, oh, the, the bomb in the 1968. Yes. Uh, during the riot, Percival was about to shut it down, but Tabitha called Herbert Hoover to get him to shut down Perkins. <laughs> Herbert Hoover. How does she have his number? I don't know. <laughs> She knows the guy who knows the guy and Herbert Hoover. So we're so the the place didn't blow up. Wait, Herbert well, no, Hoover, it did. The president, the former president, was the director of the FBI. No, you're saying J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover. Oh, fuck. <laughs> See, I've had a lot to drink. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like it if she called Herbert. Yeah, sure. Hoover. Yeah, Herbert Hoover. From 1968. <laughs> yeah. He may have been dead by that point. Which is also funny. But it wouldn't stop Riverdale. That's no. true. Uh, oh, yeah, he was dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I imagine so. All right, here's where we move on to Russian Doll so I can let out my dog. <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, shows with time travel, is that a spoiler? Fancy. Whatever. First, first, you you get it right away. Uh, <laughs> Russian Doll season two premiered last week. Have either of you seen this? Well, Dustin's walking the dog. Okay. Uh, um, did you, did you I, no, I've not seen an episode of Russian Doll. I think this was oh. one that Dustin wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, no, I'll, I don't want to talk about it because I haven't seen it. Well, then why is it I, on the list? No, no, I, put I do want to hear about it. I've decided I don't want to watch it because I heard bad things, although... Dan tells me that there are also good things that are being said about it. Yeah. Well, I feel like there have been mostly positive reviews, um, at least from like you know if you go on like the on like a Rotten Tomatoes level and you, you know look at the yeah, but those people are idiots. And and Joanna was on Twitter saying she loved okay. it. Mm-hmm. All right, Joanna's a um, brilliant person. I I have seen so this, the first 
first season in 2019 was kind of like I feel like pretty fairly heralded as like a really awesome exciting show uh it returns this year uh without uh Leslie Headland who had been who co-created the show and was uh, at least co-running it season one she's off working on other projects um so this is this is really like much more Natasha Leone's project now um and also you know the first season deals with time loops and and death loops and it's incredibly complicated and ended in a way that was both you know you could kind of interpret the ending however you want or in different ways at least and um ended in a way that very much felt like as exciting as it was when the show was picked up for a second season it was also like oh my god what the hell do they do from here right um because it didn't necessarily set up oh this is what season two will be at least not uh, it didn't feel that way to me um so i've seen three episodes out of the seven episode season uh and i'm mostly confused um in that like like you know they do the the things that are good about it so far are if you really like natasha leone she's even more central uh at least thus far um and her you know her very like dry kind of like commenting on everything that's happening style like that's all if you enjoy that you'll probably enjoy it um there's also a thread so far of a story of like generational trauma and the way that you know the kind of reframing uh her character's relationship to her mother which was you know kind of a big part of was a big part of season one at least you know in the in the background um there's it's like i can kind of see that that story has value in exploring but so far it's a little too loose with the rules to me like i don't quite understand um it's just like i don't understand what why things are happening at certain times and not happening at other times uh the kind of like the character buy-in from natasha leone's character feel like because she's so uh like she's commenting on everything and like reminding everyone. Um, so I, I, I have to spoil like the very first yeah, yeah. shock, yeah. which is Do not, it so that I know what like the hell's in, going on. It's like in 10 minutes. It's first 10 minutes. It's like instead of her dying and then being brought back to life, she goes into the subway. And then when she steps out, uh, instead of being in 2022, she's in 1982 and she's inhabiting Ooh. the body of her mother. So she's like, she's like quantum leaped into her mother. Is her mother her played by herself? Uh, so she plays her mother, but in Reflections, it's Chloe Sevigny who played her in. Season oh. Um, oh, okay. And and she's pregnant with uh, with Natasha Leone with Nora, um, and so it's so it's but but again we see it mostly with Natasha Leone on screen, so anytime she there are a lot of times where she's commenting or she's having conversations with people and she keeps on saying like oh well you're talking about my mother but like this is. I'm not her. I'm I'm Nora, and like you know, and like she talks to her 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 she talks to her grandmother and keeps saying grandmother instead of mother, and like no one like freaks out about that. Like they 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 treat her as a crazy person, but they don't like they're not like suddenly like oh my god you're insane like right they're not phased they're not phased in a way that's very like 
I don't know. It just makes me wonder, like, how reliable is this? Or is there is there like another rug that's going to be pulled out later? Maybe there is, because again, I'm only halfway through. Um, but it just doesn't feel yet. Uh, it, it's not it's not building layers in the way that the original one did, where it's like, okay, uh, oh she died, oh my god she's back, okay you're gonna keep going, okay now she sees like she's starting to see the pattern, she's starting to understand what's happening, and then like and then a big twist like, oh my god Charlie Burnett is also doing this, and then then like you know then it kind of expands out, but in a way that all the rules have been established, yeah. Um, whereas here it just feels so far like. Oh, this happens, and then she goes back to the modern day, and then she goes back again, and then it's like, it's a little unclear. Like I don't know. There, there's, and then there's stuff that that happens in other storylines where I'm like, this now I really don't get what's happening and like why, why people are, why certain things are happening, and and like the, the the time physics of it all, is is weird and like feels fuzzy. Um, yeah, so, and if yeah. nobody's reacting, it's kind of like there's no consequences. Right, because because in season one, one of the again one of the good things was that she had to because they were like you're crazy, what are you talking about? She had to figure out a way to kind of like talk around it and get what she wanted. Right. Versus so far here, she just she she never she's never been handed that obstacle. It feels. Um. It's just like, oh, I'm just going to say the stuff that I would say if we were just having a normal conversation. And then, um, and then you know, they mostly don't, they don't react to that. They just react to whatever she's talking about. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's a real, it's, I, I'm mostly just confused. Um, I feel like, uh, it's frustrating because I feel like there's, and there's a show in there that's, good or at least interesting and i don't know if it's gonna if it will reveal itself by the end i think you gotta watch four more you're episodes. gonna watch yeah you're yeah. gonna watch those four episodes because now i want right. to know but i i, mean, I, yeah. I need I mean, you to tell me i was gonna watch better call Saul, but okay <laughs> come on <Dave. laughs> i was gonna watch outer range but uh, <laughs> i guess right. oh my god outer range is so good uh leslie headley and headland mm-hmm. you know where she went off to Goddamn Star Wars series. Oh, that's right. Now it, always Disney stealing the good ones. Um, I want to say that this vodka bottle that I'm drinking is going down fast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We've barely started. Oh, really? Uh, well, we're, we're, having, we're moving. We're moving swiftly. Yeah. You're up next, dude. Yeah. Oh, I am. Uh, yeah. Outer range. I tried. I tried to give you an outer range thing, and then you just had to. I know. I just want to Star Wars. Bring it back to Herbert Hoover here. <laughs> All right. So the outer range, Dustin's Dustin's favorite whole show. No, no. Um, seriously. Plonk. <laughs> this show is so much fun, um, because it does. It 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 really does have like elements of Lost and La Brea and Yellowstone and then. This week, I feel like it brought in Chris Conrad and Patriot because they have a cowboy that sings all the time, and it just can't stop. I mean, it does feel like David Lynch, but I don't like David Lynch, so I don't want to attribute it to like, him. Why do you have to hurt me? 
Maybe it's maybe good. now you're finally ready to accept David Lynch. Yeah, maybe you should rewatch <laughs> Twin Peaks: The Return. I feel like when David Lynch gets weird, it it doesn't serve the story well. That's because I feel like you're not. The problem is you're you want there to be a story. <laughs> the weirdness is exactly the story. that is okay. the story. Yes, this weirdness actually serves the story. It like yeah. progresses the plot. Again, the weirdness is the plot. <laughs> right. Yeah, I see that. See, see, and I think that's the difference. Why I don't like David Lynch, but I like David Lynch-like things in certain... Doses. Yes. All right. Okay, go on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, there were singing cowboy. there's a singing cowboy this week. Who sings like old song? He sings like Fleetwood Mac and like Juice Newton. Who sings Juice Newton in 2022? The murder story continues to progress. Uh, there's the time hole has definitely uh, like um, somebody, I think it goes back to the Pleistocene era at least. So there definitely is like some La Brea stuff because there's a mastodon and please don't quiz me in. <laughs> okay, no, but but let's just well, can we just pause here? Um, yes. Are you are you sure it was a mastodon? The show said it was a mastodon, and that is the only reason why I know. And then they showed a mastodon, and I was like, that doesn't look like a mastodon to me. But I don't know what a mastodon looks like. And then did you look it up? Yes. Do you know what a mastodon looks like now? It's like an ex extinct, like elephant creature. It's like a, it's a, sh <laughs> it's a shorter woolly man. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're very similar and yet very distinct. So I, I think we should go through some of like, the differences. <laughs> like, see, Macedon. When I hear Macedon, I think Matador, and I thought, oh, it's going to be like a bull, but no. Dustin, yeah. did you not watch uh, the original American season of uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? I did not. One of the five animals is Mastodon. It's the first one mentioned, in fact. I did not know that. Anytime I only know my only relationship with the uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers is that the pink Power Ranger was on Felicity. Yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so so it was a Mastodon, and you're and they said it, so you know it's not a giant sloth. Yes, somebody referenced the Mastodon. Okay. Okay. And, and were they correct? Like they were they also mistaken? I assume. I no. I assume <laughs> because you you still don't know what it looks like, sort of. I mean, not really. Okay. Right. <laughs> because at one point Josh Brolin was giving a long monologue, and there was like a bull behind him, and I thought, is that a mastodon? That <laughs> <laughs> <It> wasn't. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, and then I just looked at his eyes and couldn't look away. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, do you not know what bulls look like? I know what a bull looks like. <laughs> but you thought that might not have been I thought a bull. Like, I thought like a mastodon was like a prehistoric bull or something. Anyway. The point is, Will Patton is like braying at a taxidermied buffalo. And I'm making it sound a lot weirder than it actually is because all of these weird elements actually service a very conventional plot yeah 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 service the plot got it but also there's a time hole <laughs> you I, and your I just, plots 
I mean, the, the, what's so fascinating about Outer Range is that it's like you take elements of Lost or a David Lynch episode and you like mix it with Yellowstone. So you have like these very stoic, very um, conventional rancher cowboy types who are confronting these strange, surreal phenomena and they like, they don't know how to react. You like, Josh Brolin's face is just inscrutable the whole the whole time. He's like, what? What? And then he just kind of moves on. <laughs> because he's a rancher and that's what you do in Wyoming. And I think that's where, like, I think that's where a lot of the success of this particular show comes in. It's just, like, the reactions and, like, normal rancher-type people dealing with, like, weird-ass shit. So you said the the whole goes to the past, but it also goes to the future. I think so. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I watch Riverdale and Outer Range. Back to back. <laughs> <laughs> you so think you're, you're accidentally getting them mixed up? Well, I don't. I guess nobody from has actually. No, no, no. Josh Brolin has seen the future. He's seen into the future, and he's seen um, like. His land is being co-opted by like the, the neighbors, oil, yeah, the oil people. Oh, the oil people, not the Abbots or whatever. They're like, I think I saw like uh, people pumping oil from the field. Oh, I don't know. It's just weird, and I feel like this is the closest thing to like a me show and a Tory show, though Tory clearly won't watch this no i will actually watch it because the more you talk about it the more i get into it so i will watch it but part of me is just i like but i I and i also feel like questions (laughs) it's a dan show too because it's very i i I do get a lot of patriot vibes from it Mm. it's this weird ass shit although one thing that occurs to me though is you're saying that part like part of the appeal is that these characters don't react to the weirdness and dan was just saying his problem with russian doll is that the characters don't react to natasha uh yeah to natasha's weirdness Mm -hmm. well it's not that they don't react it's that they're trying to sort of like fit it into their worldview oh gotcha it's just they're just like what the fuck how am i supposed to deal with the fact that there's a hole in my pasture where the cows go to graze that actually goes into the past and the future because there's like a buffalo roaming around with uh arrows stuck in its side that's clearly from like it was shot by like indigenous people and then wandered through the hole yes but also is the hole in the ground yes so what's the directional gravity Mm. Do they crawl out of the hole or do they fall through a hole and pop out? Is it like portal? I, that's a good question. I mean, I don't quite understand it, but like, remember the dead body? So the, uh, Josh Brolin's character like tries to, yeah. through, throws the dead body into this hole and then like the dead body resurfaces 10 days later, no, eight days later uh, on their land, but... It's only been dead for 10 hours. And the cops are like, what the fuck? Oh. How has this dead body only been dead for 
10 hours when the, when he disappeared eight days ago. Well, that's great because it gives them an alibi. Mm-hmm. Kind of. I mean, yes, it does give them an alibi, but like... He disappeared, he went somewhere, and then he died. On their land. Well... <laughs> <laughs> How much cake is in this portal show? I don't think there's any cake. Is no. that a lie? It's, it's really good. And I told you, so like Imogene Poots is a poet who doesn't remember anything before her ninth birthday. And that is the exact same thing that happened to La Brea. There was a character who didn't remember anything uh, prior to her like... No, it was a, there was a her and a him. They didn't remember anything prior to like their 12th birthday. I don't remember exactly what it was. And that was because they were from the past. Like the distant, distant dinosaur era past. The giant sloth time. Yes. Um, and they, I they think were that Imogene... People. Yes, and I think that Imogene po- uh, Poots... I keep calling her a poet. <laughs> it's a bad pun. <laughs> I feel like she is probably from the past, and she's going to realize that at some point. Anyway, just watch it, because it's quirky and fun, but also weirdly conventional. Okay. All right. And I need somebody to talk to this (laughs) show about. Is there anyone in your life that is watching this show? No. Nobody. (laughs) Can't imagine why that is. <laughs> but I did write about it in on the site, and there are several people in the comment section who's like, oh my god, the show is amazing, and I love it, and it's so weird, but great. Oh, Not, you, got, you got validation. Which is a rare thing on Pajiba.com. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually like, Dustin, you're an idiot. <laughs> but we come back anyway. <laughs> We just talk amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! All right, I will give it a shot. Yeah, I'll I'll do my best. No, you won't. <laughs> I gotta finish Russian Doll. I'm really gonna try and and watch it. You know, it, mm, I don't believe you. Can't get to everything. He's gonna uh, go. I, I just feel like. I just feel like the the cowboy sing, eulogizing his dead brother. With uh, "Don't Give Up," the Peter Gabriel song, only he's singing the Kate Bush parts. <laughs> I feel like that's something you would deeply appreciate, Dan. I just your impression of Dan is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is what's going to sell you on this show. <laughs> no, no. He loved Patriot, and uh, he like sang folk songs to like get through his grief and like anxiety is is that what dan was that what you liked about patriot um it's kind of... <laughs> i liked i mean it was a weird element that i enjoyed i think i liked the tone of patriot um which the but it, singing it was also like a... to but wasn't like I know, but it was like a it was like a conventional like show with a lot of weird elements. I don't know that right? I would call Patriot conventional. Well, I mean, it was like a I mean, the, the thing about Patriot, and they explained it time and time again. Is like 
is like the whole premise is like we just got to get something from point A to point B. Right. And then all this weird shit happens between point A and point B. But the the structure I feel like is conventional. And he just and Chris Conrad just threw a lot of weird ass shit into it. I don't think uh, I don't think the structure is conventional. Also, uh, Chris Conrad is the actor. Uh, Steve Conrad is the creator. Oh shit! I mean, they're brothers. It's fine. Um, <laughs> they are the, brothers. They are brothers. Yeah. Um, no, but I don't. I don't. I don't know that I would. I mean, I think I would say the the plot at its core is very simple, and but like it's not like even Patriot. Even if you strip out the weird things, uh, the way that they handle, um, you know, someone needing a cover to go and do like spycraft is fairly unconventional. I mean, compared to what is what normally passes for. Uh, spycraft on television it's very unconventional mm-hmm. in that in like how slow it how slow and kind of mundane it is um i don't know i think anyway that's neither here nor there the point is i will try to watch outer range um i will do my best um <laughs> i don't believe you i'm gonna i'm really gonna i'm really gonna think about it justin <laughs> Ooh. Dan, you and I can have a little contest to see which of us watches more episodes of Outer Range by next week. Speaking of things that nobody's watching anymore. Oh, are I've, you going to hurt? What are you going to wow. say? I've decided to just rely on your recaps on Moon Knight. I loved that first episode, but no. Yeah. Fell apart for me. Yeah. Yeah, this last episode was. I mean, like. The last 10 minutes were interesting, but it was because it finally was, like, done. I mean, like, the whole episode up to it was, like, exactly what you expected. It was just, like, Tomb Raider nonsense. It was just continuing the plot. And then it was, like, for, they, they like, the bad guy, the Ethan Hawke character, shoots uh, Oscar Isaac. And so, like, theoretically kills him. And then the episode continues where he's like in a mental institution and it's like the show finally was like let's just do legion and i was like thank you you could have been doing this the whole time <laughs> um so i don't know i mean it's like i'm i'm it wasn't it still wasn't as good as legion but just tapping into that idea of like is this person you know uh sick or actually like super powered and like what where legion like spent a whole season like teasing that apart and kind of landing on he's both like you can be both <laughs> um moon knight has it, i didn't quite i was like it couldn't it didn't quite crystallize why it bothered me the whole time but that last 10 minutes was like oh yeah that's why because the whole show has been so like hit the ground running with like this guy with the steven persona realizing that like there's other personalities and one of them has made a deal with a god and like it's taking everything at face value that it's all real and just dealing with it and it was this moment of like actually taking a step back and offering up a a a plausible scenario for it to all be a delusion and it doesn't like because like in this mental hospital scenario you see him like you see characters that have popped up throughout the season. You see like a poster that's clearly the village where he woke up and, and got the scarab. There's um, 
uh, Harrow is his like therapist. Um, there's just like all of the details that were a part of the episodes that you've watched thus far were all kind of represented in this uh, mental hospital. And so you're like, oh, it's, you know, you know he's not actually there, but for a second it's like, you know, it's very easy to believe that this was him creating a story for himself. And it was nice for the show to kind of take a step back and go like, maybe, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been taking it for granted that like everything was actually happening. Um, and so, but you know, it was just the last 10 minutes of the episode. So he pretty immediately is like, no, it was real. And like <laughs> fights the guards and like runs away. And then like, releases uh sees like a sarcophagus in a room that's like shaking and inside of it so it's mark is in the hospital steven he releases steven from a sarcophagus so now you actually have oscar isaac on screen like hugging himself and like running through this hospital together so that was kind of sweet because you're like it's two oscar isaacs it's great um (laughs) And then there's a hippo god that shows up. Um, of course. But naturally. they also, naturally, they also run past a third sarcophagus. So they're still teasing the idea that there's like another personality that they're not acknowledging. Because you see that both of them like look at it in another room and just like keep running. Um, so they're, yeah, there's, there's stuff going on. So it's not as it's definitely not as like interesting as legion but it was a nice little nod to like the idea that <laughs> this show could be a little bit more com- much more complex than what it has been. right but like legion was on fx and this is on disney plus so like the average you know 14 year old that is obsessed with the mcu tunes into moon night what does he or she think right right so i mean there yeah there is the audience level. i mean on the other hand Moon Knight is not the sort of character I think it is such a neat I mean look Disney Plus is not going for a strictly adult audience although I do think it's interesting that they actually put up all of the Netflix shows in like the week preceding Moon Knight's premiere Mm -hmm. so I do think there was a bit of a teasing like oh Moon Knight's going to be really like dark Um, and it's not and I appreciate the fact that it can be like funny and silly and violent and like it's not gritty, but it is also like it's you know fairly it, it can be fairly violent. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like I'm still interested in it. I think that we you know we don't know whether he's this is all like you know if it's heaven if it's just sort of like some weird mental thing and this god is gonna resurrect him. Um, because she she's she is an Egyptian god of rebirth, but yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But it was just interesting that the whole episode, I was like, yeah, this is fine. This is exactly what I expected. Okay, you know the the mummy priests are that are like killing people and like dragging their entrails around. That's kind of cool, you know. Um, and then in the last ten minutes, it's like, man. This is the show I want. I just want it to be Legion. Like, just, just give me Legion. Like, why aren't you dancing? Exactly. Like, come and on. I, I, the thing about Legion is that I didn't like it, but I did like some of those really weird sequences. Yeah. But they did not service the plot very well. I and will this... give you that, but that was what made them... That will... No, no, they were... 
they did what a good musical number does in a musical, which is it's not always about, it's about the emotional, mm -hmm. revealing the emotional honesty or truth of the character in that moment. Right. You're just, it was interesting that they were using that one specific thing from musicals in a show that is definitely not a musical and then doing it every single episode. I don't, it just, it leaves it and seems like it was having a lot more fun with it. Well, yeah. Is there an, any connection whatsoever between Legion and Moon Knight in the comics? Uh, probably, I mean, I'm going to say definitely no, because there's always some alternate reality where, you know, some storyline that's not canon that things could happen. I don't really know, but I don't think so. Like, Legion was very a very niche character in the X-Men side of things. Mm -hmm. So he was like Xavier's son. Um, he was sort of a villain, sort of. A, he could be a hero at times. He could be a villain. It was very like, he was just so incredibly powerful, but also uh, had serious mental issues. And so it was this idea of like, you know, what does it take to be, a, how do you have a moral compass? when you have that much power. And so like that was, and the show, I think like I appreciate it, especially by this, the last season, I think the second season got off the rails a bit, but I ultimately, though I don't, I don't agree with everything that the show did. I, I did appreciate that it really tried to represent that with create a vision of that struggle. That was really around like the person, the type of person who thinks that they're a good guy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they're not. And that to me is like what Legion was, and I absolutely love that a show just did it. Um, so yeah, uh, Moon Knight. I mean, because he he was like a West Coast Avenger for a while, which Seth pointed out to me when I was because I said something about like he was never in the Avengers. He's like, uh, the West Coast Avengers. I'm like, nobody. I don't know what that means. Like whatever. It's like Did anybody ever Lakes read Avengers. the West Coast Avengers? Right? It's not I even mean, a fun one. It's not even like the Great Lakes Advent of like, Avengers. Or like, I remember, I didn't read the Avengers much, but I remember even I was like, West Coast Avengers? Who wants that? Who wants that? Because it was like Hawkeye. Who <laughs> <laughs> cares? It was, it was a lot of Hawkeye. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> um, so, no, I mean, he was just kind of like a vigilante who would pop up, but he was never as funny as Deadpool. Um... Uh, so, no, I don't think they ever really, you know, maybe they fought at some point. Like, I don't know. Legion and, and Moon Knight, I don't think. Somebody's going to be like, yes, they did in the 1993 issue. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you. Mm. Um, you know, Netflix has lost subscribers. <laughs> as, as we know, and it's sort of like <sighs> crapping out. And if you look at Disney Plus... And their model is sort of like these MCU shows. Mm -hmm. And when they have a show like it, I mean, they don't, they kind of only have one show going at a time. And are they, any of these shows, I mean, the Moon Knight is not great. None um, of them that, are, I mean, well, I mean. That Star Mandal Wars show. The, the Mandalorian was wonderful. It was the best show. Okay, sure. But mm -hmm. the, the Mandalorian, uh, what Bo is this last show? Book of Boba. Boba Fett? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not good. Oh, yeah. No, so, but the other thing is, 
the problem with Disney Plus is that from our point of view, there's only one show that's that matters at a time. But for kids, like Disney's model is okay, we'll do the like stuff that adu- adults will watch, which will be Marvel, Star Wars, things sure. like that. But then they do have new programming for kids, so that's how they they get the I family have subscription. Kids, and they're not watching anything on Disney right now. Well, I, they're watching like. My twin, ten-year-old twins are watching uh, like maybe iCarly, which is on Paramount. Is iCarly uh, Nickelodeon? They just came out. I think so. I can't remember where it began, but yeah. Uh, There's nothing on Disney that appeals to them right now. Right. Well, because they had the High School Musical, the musical, the series, or the series. Oh the yeah, musical, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I love that. Oh, that one you love. <laughs> I do. I, it's really, really good. But no, like when I was doing the streaming guide, I would see like they did have other things premiering. They, but they also will do these shows that are like behind the scenes of an upcoming movie or, behind, or you know, every episode of the Star Wars show or whatever. Like they'll, So there, there's also original programs that are basically EPKs mm-hmm. for their action, for their other stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just feel like for as much money as they're spending, and I think they're spending, I think I heard that they were spending like $17 billion this year on content. I I don't see it. I mean, I, there's nothing on Disney Plus right now new that appeals to me or my kids. Well, but I also, so, yeah, they don't have as many new shows. Agreed. Uh, they do have the animation stuff, but it's also, I think, the exclusive catalog of their movies. Mm-hmm. Sure. sure. And, like, if you've got kids and you've got kids that like watching, you know, The Little Mermaid over and over and over again, like, you need to have Disney+. Plus. Yeah. yeah. And Turning Red was, like, like a good thing. Yeah. It's also the exclusive home of uh, Pajiba's Summer Watch TV show, uh, DuckTales. That's true. Woo! so yeah so don't cancel your subscription yet yeah we've got to watch that but also i mean are they when they say that that's how much they're spending is it on new content or is it on various like union like licensing deals for their i think it was on new content okay well i don't know the the, the content budget if they're spending that much this year though that's also not going to be reflected until you know 2024 yeah sure so, I also, it's Disney. They've got money. Yeah, sure. I just don't feel like there's a lot on that. We haven't, besides watching Gravity Falls, which is like seven years old. We haven't really watched Disney Plus in a while. That's because you haven't watched Ducktales. I know. We'll get there. <laughs> don't give up. <laughs> well, and now you can watch the Netflix stuff on <laughs> Disney Plus. Yeah. <laughs> I just right. I just love the idea of like because like when they added it they had to do the whole like uh settings for like are you the adult in the household or is this like the kid version just like literally to make sure a kid doesn't like accidentally turn on Daredevil. <laughs> like, oh my god, there was like so much shit you had to go through. Yeah, which was really annoying, but it was also like, you know, and I have like three kids, so we every kid created their own profile so every kid had to go through that rigmarole 
Oh. What I also loved was when they were promoting all of the Netflix stuff. It was like, okay, so all these shows are coming to Disney. It's Daredevil and, you know, uh, and Jessica Jones and uh, even Iron Fist, you know, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, you know, the Defenders and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was such an afterthought as if, like, what everyone's coming to, you know, will be excited about is, what, Iron Fist? Like, why are you showing him in the promos more than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Where, like, Agents of (laughs) S.H.I.E.L.D. ran for seven seasons on a network, is actually (laughs) family-friendly. All I know is, like, my kids saw that Miss Marvel was coming in, like, and they were like, what the hell is this shit? Where's Captain Marvel? Who is Miss Marvel? And why is... They were completely confused. Why? Oh, my God. You mean, do I need to buy you the comic, the... The comic book. No, you, I understand. I know but you my kids. But that's what I'm saying. Get them the comic book. Well, I think I'm going to, I mean, I want them to watch Miss Marvel, and I'm actually excited about uh, Miss Hulk. <laughs> she Hulk. She Hulk. Miss Hulk. Miss Hulk. Oh my God. Uh, she Hulk. No, I, I am excited about that, but I mean, the reason I'm saying get the comic book is is not just so that they understand the difference between Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. It's like it is a wonderful comic book. And it was one of the first things that I feel like in a, a, a new character that came to Marvel, to the Marvel comics, that felt like a genuinely big deal. Um. And it, and it kind of explains why, like, there's a whole, there is a whole thing where, like, Captain Marvel wasn't always Captain Marvel. There were other people called Captain Marvel, and her name, Carol Danvers, was Ms. Marvel. Right, okay. So, like, that's, there is a whole thing. And so it was, like, she, in her comic book, was taking over the mantle of Captain Marvel at that point. And so then you get this teenager who's like, I'm going to be Ms. Marvel. And it's, but, it, like, that, that initial run with her... <laughs> totally get that it's just hard to sort of like explain to a 10 year old that's why i'm saying it's in the book okay, okay i'll send you the issue like, I'll, I'll buy it for the them. reading diary of the whatever those books are the wimpy little wimpy kid books yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> all they will read is graphic novels at this point it's so frustrating i'm trying to get them to read like an actual novel and oh, all no, they this read is, is graphic novels <laughs> well so then get them this one it's a graphic novel <laughs> okay fine um that's a whole other problem oh my kids yeah, no. <laughs> my kids read they're upset about the television <laughs> i mean they do read a lot but it's all fucking graphic novels come on read uh you know I don't know anything with like no pictures. Have Whatever. You, have you gotten them the? I always loved the the Chronicles of Prydain books. Have they read those? No, no. Oh, I mean they're fantasy, but you might even like them. Mm. Well, mm. I yeah, yeah. But they're not the they're not like the Lord of the Rings. Okay. Well, so they well, have a they have like a plot. Oh, I like plot. <laughs> you love plots. I do. It's about an assistant pig keeper. Speaking of plot, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dustin, for the wonderful segue. Uh, I'm assuming that's to Better Call Saul. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, I haven't watched in a little while. Not because I dislike it, just because, you know, things happen and then you stop watching for two seasons. 
for um, some reason the best show on television uh it went away for a while dustin and then it and then you know and then the mandalorian happened a bunch of times and then uh uh, but it's back uh i don't actually know what you wanted to say about it other than i'm I'm gonna keep this short because um, tori have you read have you watched rather uh breaking bad no you haven't even watched breaking bad okay i've at least seen that (laughs) okay no, fixed. well, I only care about Bob Odenkirk, but then it was I got stuck in the middle where I was like, I feel like I shouldn't watch Better Call Saul unless I've seen Breaking Bad, but I don't care about Breaking Bad, so I think is it worth okay watching that just to watch Better Call watching Saul without Breaking Bad? Okay, well, listen, I'm I'm just gonna speak to you, Dan, <laughs> briefly, <laughs> as someone who's seen Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. What if you were to find out that? Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. Do you remember him from Breaking Bad? I do remember Saul Goodman, okay. yes. What if you were to find out that the, the whole time he was being or- manipulated and orchestrated by his wife? Like everything that you saw in Breaking Bad was actually being whispered, whispered to him by his wife. He's not married. No, 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 he is. You just don't know it in Breaking Bad. Um, okay. And that's sort of like where we are in season five, or season six of Better Call Saul. We're, we're in the Breaking Bad era. Mm-hmm. And we're slowly learning that Saul Goodman is sort of a creation of his wife, Kim Wexler. Um. So Kim still exists in the Better Call in the Breaking Bad era. Uh, so far, I think so. Like uh, she's not we don't, dead. Mm, uh, we're we're on very like we're in that era where we're like very close to Walter White showing up. Okay. I don't know if she's going to survive through the era. Right. But we do know that she's sort of pulling the strings. She's like creating this brand. Mm-hmm. She's helping to um, create this all Goodman person, the mm-hmm. the brand. Right. So she's behind it, and she's like amazing. But she's doing it in order to um, fuel her pro bono work, where she's like helping actual people that need help. Okay. So I mean, like for, I mean, Rhea Seahorn's great. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She's no, phenomenal. No complaints there. Um, uh, that all sounds good to me. Look, I'm I'm on your side, Dustin. I am I am pro. Everyone should watch Better Call Saul. You just uh, gotta catch up. You, you I just it. I just need a good three to six months to catch up. <laughs> it's not like you're doing anything. I look. First of all, Dustin, how dare you? I do. I, mean, I do this. I have. You do that. I have a lot of. The, the, I have a lot of day job related things. Day job. Uh, what is your day job? Adjacent to well, you know, there's there's um, that that thing. There's writing involved. Sometimes it involves <laughs> traveling to other parts of the world. Uh, look, all I'm saying is that there's there's a there's a time and a place for watching Better Call Saul and. Uh, I had that opportunity a while ago, and I did not take it. And so now, now here we are. All I'm saying to you is that I 
think that your perspective of Breaking Bad will completely change right. by what you're watching in Better Call Saul, which is a better show than Breaking Bad. I've heard a lot of people say that at this point they think you know, Better Call Saul yeah. is a better show than Breaking Bad. Yeah, I think a lot of people were saying that in the second and third seasons and being like contrary and facetious or whatever but at yeah. this point it's like it's a no-brainer it is actually a better show mm-hmm. it's like we figured out how to make a show with breaking bad and with better call Saul, we perfected it right. but then does that mean if i want to like i actually do need to watch breaking bad to appreciate i think to fully appreciate it yeah yeah and you should watch breaking bad because it is Whatever the second best show of all time, After according the to some people, of course. There's The Wire, and then there's Breaking Bad, according to the conventional people. It is, I would, it of is course, The Wire. I would put put The Leftovers a second. Right. And then Saul, and then Breaking Bad. Where would you put? Because the other one I haven't watched is Mad Men. I would have probably put Mad Men right after that. It fit. If you haven't watched Mad Men, God damn it! What? Oh, I, I, oh. I'm noticing that all of your top shows are dramas, Dustin, which is very offensive. Yeah, it is offensive. This is this, this is comedy <sighs> erasure. This is why you have no joy. You like Wait, ruin joy. Dan, have also, you watched Mad Men? Uh, I watched enough. It's fine. You did not watch enough, if you yeah. say it's. Fine. I watched like a couple seasons. And I was like, no, right, I well, that's it. not enough. That's yeah, not enough. It's I get it. No. Uh, God damn it. I like when John Hamm shows up in other things. Mm. It's no it's no Halton Catch Fire. Uh, <laughs> it is. It really is. There's you know the, the show that they tried to make the new Mad Men after Mad Men and then it didn't work, so then they kind of changed the formula around and then yeah. the show got better. Yeah. The show got better I, I when that. because it wasn't Mad Men. It did get better than it was, but it wasn't as good as Mad Men. Mm. There is, yeah, I really that again. Was my, that's going back to my uh, my uh, the math that I did with uh, True Detective. I didn't watch all of Mad Men. I watched every single second of Halt and Catch Fire. So it's, I mean, it's flawless logic. Again, it's It's insane. I mean, Halt and Catch Fire is a fantastic show. Yeah, but it's no Mad Men. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's superior. <laughs> it cannot possibly be superior. <laughs> I don't know. One of them has Lee Pace. One of them has Lee Pace. Uh, one of them I've seen. Okay, the, the first entire series season, more than once. The se- first season of Halt and Catch Fire was crap. Uh, no, it's if you go back and watch it, it's pretty. No, cool. I know you're busy watching new TV, but you know when you and go back I and watch. Remind things, you that Lee Pace gets like sticks up uh, like jumper cables to his nipples. I mean, I don't look so again. That okay. doesn't sound like a. Uh, uh, speaking of shows that get better and better, I don't know. Not, I was going to try to do something with the jumper cables, and I realized it didn't make any sense. Speaking of shows where maybe someone will use jumper cables to the nipples, did they do it? I don't think so. It probably uh, Barry, wasn't as sexy. If it they probably wasn't as sexy. That's true. Uh, Barry is back after three years <laughs> off the air. Um, longer Is this a longer break than Atlanta? It is, right? Yes. I mean, I maybe by, so. by like months, but like yeah. maybe not a year, but... Um, yeah, I believe it, Barry is the longest break 
of all of the existing shows. How many days was yeah, it, Justin? One thousand seventy-two. Wow, it's a lot of days. Um, and wait, everyone, no, Tori, you're catching. Yes, I am. Okay. I am actually watching Barry, but I'm still in season one. Okay, that's right. I like it, um, but by next week he'll be cut. Yeah, this is a half-hour yeah. show. Yeah, it's not hard. Um, but, Unless uh, I take a break to watch Outer Range. <laughs> oh, it's a tough choice. Yeah, right. Um, to without spoiling it uh, for Tori. Um, oh, go ahead and spoil it. It's fine. Well, yeah, it's I not even that. Like it's more not much to spoil at this point. Yeah, but it's also just like it's. It was. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those moments, much like Atlanta, actually, where part of the the shock and enjoyment is that like oh it doesn't feel like they've had any time off um just in terms of like like the you know the this is the story that we left uh when we last saw our heroes um yeah like they didn't forget how to make tv which is good because i don't know three years off is a long time you get rusty Mm -hmm. i don't know dustin um, I had something I was gonna say. Um, oh, uh, I was listening to an interview with um, Bill Hader this morning, and what's fascinating about uh, Barry is that it's a it's a show about a hitman, but underneath that, it's really a show about a guy. I mean, it's based on Bill Hader's anxiety at SNL. Yeah, like, you can kind of see that, like the not being able to say no kind of thing. Or like speak up for himself. I, I, I must be. I mean, you're, you're watching earlier seasons now, yeah. so um, maybe it's easier to see that then. But I think that kind of blew my mind when I heard that. Like, oh, this whole show this about this hitman is about a guy who's suffering from anxiety at SNL yeah and he's like I couldn't write a show about a guy suffering from anxiety at SNL because no one would watch that right so instead I like made this show about a hitman I still think it's weird that Bill Hader worked for South Park no he talks about that yeah uh, he talked about in, in in this same interview he was like and, and I thought it was kind of fascinating he said at South Park what we would do is we would think of like the most offensive idea and then we would take that offensive idea and ground it and turn it into an episode yeah yeah because when they did that documentary about like six days to air or whatever and it was about like how they how they actually get an episode up he was in the writer's room for oh that's right and it's like very bizarre because like they don't make a big deal out of it except it's like you know Trey Parker and Matt Stone like standing up there talking and then it's mm-hmm. like they cut to like the table of writers like all pitching out ideas and there's like Bill Hader in the middle of yeah. the play <laughs> and you're like what um, no but the, so yeah so I'm still in the first season probably episode maybe watched the first four episodes of the first season um, but there's literally oh. a scene where it's um Henry Winkler's character, like in the middle of class, like berating uh, Barry to try and get him and and calling him out about the fact that like, is there anything that you want? Like you are, you are a doormat. Like you don't 
speak up for yourself. Oh, you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's a whole, you know, and it's like the whole thing where he's trying to, you know, it's like come up with a room, and he's like the store or whatever. <laughs> like, and then they give him the Glen Gary Glen Ross bit, and it's like he he fails to. He's being too conciliatory. And he's like, I'm trying. Like, I thought the part of the role was to help them. And he's like, No, <laughs> like, you are. You give to everyone else, and you're never like advocating for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can see him, like, you know. And even then, when he he's like agreeing with him, not because he actually agrees, but just to, um, like, it is. It's the, it, seeing that kind of a performance of anxiety is really interesting. It makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, in those terms at this point we're sort of closer to the Stefan era where um, Peter has <laughs> taken control right and he's like but he's also uh, in the third season suffering from like a sort of malaise and like uh, apathy and like he's disgusted with where he at where he's at because he's so good at it that he's kind of bored Right. Okay, that's interesting. Would you agree, Dan? Um, that sounds about right. I think I think there's also a little piece of like, I I mean just just I I wasn't thinking about it through like the framework of like SNL, but there's a little bit of like the idea of like he's um of like being like you you try to leave behind the thing that you're good at. And then you start to worry that like that's the only thing you can really do, um, like, like the like like the 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 fear of, of making that leap. Like once you've kind of accepted, like okay, I am good at this, and I can, you know, I can do this. But then, um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't let you have a normal life, which is also very true at us right. now. And so, um, so like right. you want to leave that because you feel like your life will be better. But there's a part of you that's like, maybe this is all I'm good at. Maybe this is all I uh, can do or deserve or, um, you know, however that, however that filters through your brain. But, um, because, like, Hader had a wife and a kid in L.A. while he was working in New York on SNL. You sort of, I don't know, it's, it, it's interesting to try to see Barry through that prism. Yeah. Because as it opens this season, he's sort of like, he's in a relationship. Um, he's sort of bored. He's trying to find something that will reignite the spark. But also he's dealing with the Henry Winkler. And sorry, Tori, but Henry Winkler finds out that he kills his girlfriend. Oh, Barry? Yeah, Barry kills Henry Winkler's girlfriend, who is an FBI agent. She was FBI, or was she the detective? Dan, I think she was FBI, wasn't she? Um, no, she's a detective. She was a also detective Dustin. Her. What are you doing? I don't know. Tori's fine. Lot of... Tori's in the middle. It's she's, fine. It's she's fine. not there yet. It's oh, okay. I, I don't want to. I... <sighs> I'm sorry, Tori. I should have tried to stop him. No. <laughs> He's uh, had a lot of vodka. I also don't so mind about spoilers. I know, but still. Look, Dustin, forget forget what Dustin said. He's just the ravings of a, 
of a drunk lunatic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the thing to take away from that is that Henry Winkler is very good. He's very uh, so good. And uh, continues to be very good. At least. I was very charmed by his first date with that detective, and I was hoping it would go well for them. <laughs> oh, Dustin. God damn it. I, I'd forgotten what happened in the first season. Tori literally said she's halfway that, through. No, I know. It goes that that relationship with the detective goes all the way back no, to the don't, first season. No, don't, don't, don't. Stop, stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> Tori, will, Tori will catch up, and she will, she will report back. Yeah, the detective is investigating the murder that happens in the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it, right. Again, that was five years ago. Touche. Right? Uh, maybe four three, years ago. No, no, three plus one plus two. Yeah, that's five. No, no, this is season three now. So I know, but there was three years in between seasons. Yeah. So three years plus... And then, and then one year. Two plus one. No, and oh, one, one year. Okay, okay, I don't know math. Four years. <laughs> And yet you, you remember things. So Dustin doesn't remember anything is what I'm saying. No. That's yes. all. That's I, I keep falling through the time hole. <laughs> Dustin loves his holes. As he does. We know. Dustin's uh, whole watch. Dustin's whole watch. Uh, I think we should probably stop here. because. Yes. Or, or Tori, did you have anything else? Well, no. I had one interesting story that I was going to share, but it's about a totally different TV show. But it was oh. when you were talking about hearing listening to Bill Hader talk about a show that I was like, oh, there was something I heard about um, Stephen Merchant talking about his outlaw show. Mm-hmm. Did you know oh, that I watched all of that? It was pretty cute. Did you know they destroyed a Banksy? A in real the Banksy? show? Like a real, well, yeah. Oh, well, I saw it in a Banksy. Uh, I mean, in the show, but wait, they actually did it? Well, so it was, it's a, a Banksy that only existed for the show. They actually got Banksy. Oh, that was a Banksy. That was a Banksy that they, so they <laughs> managed to get a contact to like reach out to somehow through the grapevine, like get a hold of Banksy. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like, so do you, um, would you create, you know, a piece like a thing on our set and we will paint over it so it you know this piece will you know we don't want to destroy obviously like not going to go destroy one of his other works but it's like would you just create if you have and he's like yeah if i have time like have your security guards like leave early and if i have time i'll come to your set and i'll i'll do a piece that's cool and so yeah he did it banksy did it and they they covered it up and hit it until they got they were ready to like shoot the scene and then a steven merchant i think he was on um wait wait don't tell me i think um and this was oh, for really? the steven merchant produced show lip sync battle <laughs> no. no no this is for the steven merchant produced show hello ladies <laughs> no close but no what what show is it was the for outlaws? yeah the outlaws okay so he um which is very good well and so the no. whole thing was like that morning like when they, they knew the piece was there and they'd hidden it and they hadn't told anything anybody and so i guess steven merchant like went into christopher walken's trailer and was like so how do you feel about destroying a banksy today um, and yeah, so they. And Christopher Walken's like, who's Banksy? Like, yeah, right. What the fuck? <laughs> so yeah, they they paint over it, and uh, it it only exists in this show. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I remember that scene. That's fascinating. I had no idea it was an actual Banksy. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> um. So that is my that is my trivia. That's a good trivia. There you go. Um. Also, I haven't seen the Outlaws. Is it worth checking out? It's cute. Okay. Yeah. Wait, you watched The Outlaws? No, I said I haven't. 
No, no. Tori has seen the outhouse. I before? told you to. Of course, she's seen the outhouse. I'm the one who said. <laughs> Brought it okay, to your Fine. <laughs> fine. A, you want the outlaws. Stephen Merchant. If you haven't seen it. Better Call Saul. Yeah. That's not co created by Stephen Merchant. And and Christopher oh, okay. Walken's in it. Is Christopher Walken in Better Call Saul? No. Uh, he is not. No, I was just on a kick because of Severance. And I just, I was like, oh, Christopher Walken, he's like having a moment. And I just wanted to watch more of him. That's fair. Um, it's okay. also the way That's I felt fair. when I saw, I finally watched Batman and I was like, I, mm. I'm like, it's fine. But like, I kind of only care about John Turturro. <laughs> like, <laughs> I watched, I seriously, same. I took, I watched Batman like a television show over four nights at 45 minutes each night. That's a three hour fucking movie. Oh, it's so long. Yeah. We it's definitely so had to like, <laughs> take a break in the middle to like feed our animal. <laughs> it was Jesus. It's so long. <laughs> But Tortoro was, like, really the best part. I just, I mean, like, I actually, I really liked all the, you know, I know it's not a movie podcast, but, um, yeah, like, I, I, I liked Pattinson, I liked Kravitz, I liked everyone. I even liked uh, Farrell underneath all of the unnecessary. I knew percentage. that it was Farrell, and I still had to look it up to make sure it was It, it was just, yeah. Um, I was like, really? Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, it was, but... But far and away, I was just like, man, all I could think of every time Totoro was on screen was like, that man is having a great year. Yes. Like, good yes. for him. <laughs> I was like, did he cultivate this look for Severance or Batman? And like, also going back, like, has he ever had a bad performance? I, like, I'm, I'm sure there are movies that like, I like more than others, but like, he. It's just so good. Every time, like forever. Hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and he's really good in this. Yeah. Have you watched Batman yet, Dan? Because it's no. free on HBO Max. <laughs> I mean, HBO Max is not free. <laughs> That's true. You, you pay for it. Um, Fair enough. I, but no, it's I also not, three I, hours long, like literally two hours and fifty-four minutes long. Oh my god! Speaking of things that aren't free, I we rented that Studio Six 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 movie. But it's, oh, but it's oh, the, the Foo Fighters thing? Yeah, but it's the advanced, like, early rental thing. So it was still $20. Oh, shit. It was shit. like $19.99. And we were like, let's find something else. And we kept looking at other things. And then finally we we're like, let's just pay the 20 bucks and watch it. Was it worth it? I mean, <laughs> it, was That's not, a no. it was not a traditionally good movie. It was very entertaining because it okay. really is just the Foo Fighters and it's, but it's an absolute throwback, like schlock horror, like just blood splatters everywhere, and like mm -hmm. re like some of the death scenes are hysterically funny, mm -hmm. like just so disgusting. Um, so that sounds like a white till it's six ninety nine. Yeah, like you know, especially because yeah. it's yeah. Whatever. Like, are you going to be watching it by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, like your kids can't watch it. I'm assuming it's no. like, yeah, your wife's not interested. So yeah, maybe no. maybe wait. Yeah. Uh, All right. But the Foo Fighters are very charming. Mm -hmm. I was very All right. And that's the show. <laughs> that dead air means that's the show. Uh, uh, a good, a good, I think it, we did pretty good. Did we? It feels like we went really long. No, we went really no long, way. but, you know, Dustin had a lot to drink. I had a so lot to drink. I think that's a win. 
Um, I don't think that's a win. We'll I think that's a sick with the wine, Dustin. We'll, we'll be back no. next week. Uh, maybe some of us, maybe all of us will have watched Outer Range. Who can say? Who's to, yeah, we'll find out. Wait, uh, how's the yogurt flavor? Oh, it's all gone. Um, it was. But is, uh, does it linger? Um. I have a little bit of like a not the flavor, but there's a little bit of like the you know sugary film somewhere in my mouth kind of feeling. The mouth feel. Yeah, you know the mouth feel of like <laughs> you really need a glass of water. <laughs> toy, did you make it through the uh, lambic? No, I only made it through half a bottle. I was oh I God. was pacing myself. Mm, I made it through almost an entire jug of grapefruit juice and vodka. And yeah, I was going to say, how much of the vodka, vodka bottle? Oh, my God. I, I'm not you concerned no with how idea. much of the grapefruit juice. <laughs> so much vodka. Uh, Half a bottle? Half a bottle, yeah. Half we'll, a bottle, we'll be back next week with a lot more TV. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Good night. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs> oh, wow.